episode 96 of Story Mode, a video game podcast, the official podcast of StoryModeGaming.com. I am your host, Jesse Baby New Year Munro, and I'm joined by Keelan Wet, Funeral Simpson, Simon Reverse, 69 Evans, and Chris has got jokes, Lowry. How we guys, how we, how we, how we guys doing? How we guys doing? We guys, we good. We, we guys doing we, well? We guys do, do good. First episode, 2022, and I fuck up the intro <laughs> right at the end. Perfect. It wouldn't be story mode just, if it wasn't a couple of fuck ups. You could have just played it off, man. Like no one would have noticed. It would have been fine. You're starting a new trend. It's 2022. Things are new. Different. As anyone who's listened to the last 96 episodes would know, I'm a consummate professional. I'm a perfectionist. Okay. And every episode has been just chef's kiss until now. So I had to point at my own foibles. Okay. Your own weakness. Pobody's perfect, as they say. Pobody's perfect. Chris, we haven't had you on the show for a while. How you been? Yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, just just enjoying some time off work. This is why we don't have him on the show much. Yeah, he doesn't have anything to say. <laughs> I have nothing to say, <laughs> guys. It, it's we were just talking about it. We haven't had an episode for a while. We had like that sort of week in lieu where we had our double episode play out. Hope you guys enjoyed our breakdown of twenty twenty one. But I haven't seen you guys since Christmas and or New Year's Eve. How, we, how have you guys been? How was Christmas? Did you guys get anything good? Well, I'm not a child, so I don't get Christmas gifts, but I did have Whoa, a good shit. Oh, coming out Whoa, the gate. Like that. So, so Keelan didn't, didn't get anything. What about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a child. I don't get anything. <laughs> that, that was very much what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, an old man yells at Christmas. <laughs> Grow up. Um, no, Jesse. As you are well aware, I bought myself a Christmas gift about a week before Christmas. Yes. I bought myself a, a meat smoker, so I've been smoking a lot of smoke meat. That meat, twenty twenty two. body. I smoked. Yes. Um, I did pork again yesterday. I did pork shoulder again yesterday. It was so good. We were discussing about putting like weird stuff in there. Have you th- have you done anything like that? Like a nerd rope? No, but there's so there's this new trend. So naturally, because I've turned thirty, I bought a smoker and have just become very obsessed with it. Um, so I've joined like all these Facebook groups. <laughs> so you bought a smoker and you do a podcast. <laughs> the cycle's complete. Okay, yeah. you're fine. I've joined all these Facebook groups, and there's this new trend where people are smoking cream cheese. So you can cold smoke it, so it doesn't melt, obviously. Um, and yeah, apparently it turns out amazing. It's this new thing that's that's all over the internet. So that sounds like a good idea, I, Chris. Yeah. I want that. Yeah, yes, I, please. Might, I might try it. Can you somehow do that with one of your cob loafs? Sort of integrate that. Oh, buddy, no, oh, that's a good do- idea. I should put a cob loaf in oh. there. It's a good idea. Oh, fuck Done. it. Yes, please. So this is clearly going to be our last episode. We're all going <laughs> to die of fucking coronaries <laughs> of cob loaf. What a way to go. Cob loaf overdose. Simon, how's your knees? My New Year's was good. Uh, I was around around a mates, and we played board games and video games, and had a pretty fucking good time. Got pleasantly drunk. Um, Did anyone have any big twenty twenty two like uh, goals, aspirations? What do you want from this year? I'm going to cure COVID. <laughs> well, I'm going to fight God, which means <laughs> by that I mean I'm going to hey, play a couple of JRPGs. Hey, Simon, so Simon, bring it. <laughs> I did think at first that I'm starting. I did think at first that as you said villain, you were going to no. cure COVID. I thought Simon was going to say he was going to fight your cure. No, <laughs> <laughs> me versus your cure in the back of Macca's car park tomorrow night. 
at some time or Dance another. Off. <laughs> yeah, that's Keelan, right. What are you doing this year? Uh, this year, I'm going to be doing everything that I couldn't do last year. I'm going to live my fucking life. And I'm so thrilled for this year. Um, I'm excited. I'm already doing it. Going back into the ocean tomorrow, Jesse. Not showering wet when killing, I leave as well. Simpson. It's all happening. So I'm going to have a real fucking good year this year, man. I feel like... Uh, like- so you're going to do, every- do everything you couldn't do last year? Yeah, to live my life. So Just I, I, I look forward to seeing you with a full head of hair in December. <laughs> Zing, I can't talk. I'll be bored by then. I, I feel like um, Killen, very happy to hear that, by the way. But I, I also feel That's like very wholesome. I also feel like in like two months, Killen's just going to be completely off the grid, and we will not be able to reach him at all. Yeah, yeah. highly likely. Not going to lie, <laughs> I might be on some desert island because I got swept away in the fucking riptide in the ocean. So. Eaten by abalones. <laughs> nibbled, nibbled to death. They nibble. I don't, I've never seen that balloon. I don't know. I, I, if there's one thing that you should do today, it's just to look up one moving. They can move so much faster than you, and wow. they shouldn't because they're basically snails. They're really, really fast. Most things can move faster than me. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, <laughs> Keelan, you did set the bar pretty low. <laughs> pretty low. <laughs> I hope mean, oh, no. Between all, all three of us, it was very low. <laughs> <laughs> The we're short distances, the, amount, but the amount of smoked meat I've eaten in the last two weeks, I can't move very quick. Deadly within arm's oh. reach, but if you move just outside of our arm's reach, that's it. You're gone. We're, we're done. Good news, guys. There's no need to run because we're going to have a fun time today. We're going through the 2021, even though it's 2022, the 2021 Story Mode Awards. We put out nominations to, to the people. It is a community vote for our uh, awards at our second annual Sermon Awards, this one. Um, and today we're going to reveal them. I have these in an envelope for people listening at home. You can't hear this, but he- wait, you can hear this. Envelopes. Very nice. That's Very that real physical done. medium. I'm, I'm here for this um, envelope ASMR. <laughs> I don't know who's won these. Okay, I'm, actually, I'm genuinely excited. So I'm going to go through the nominees, reveal the winners, celebrate the winners, go through them, go through our game of the year, um, and then we have a few thoughts of, from the community of what they want from 2022. But let's hit the road with our first category, Best Comebacks. This is Remake, Remaster, or Re-Release. We have Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond slash Shiny Pearl, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, yikes, Mario Party Superstars, and The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. Guys, did any of these stand out to you for any particular reason other than Grand Theft Auto Trilogy being a garbage? I was just going to say, one of those is not like the others. I, and, uh, I, feel, I feel like Grand Theft Auto Trilogy has to win purely for the memes. The memes were very good. I, no, has anyone played it? Any of the trilogy? I was really I excited playing... to get it, and then based off of the reviews, I didn't. That's I started it. playing San Andreas um, Y Game Pass on, on console. I was really disappointed. I wanted to play it on PC to stream it, um, but they, they took it down because it was that bad, but they kept it on console for a bit, and it just doesn't feel right. They've fixed a lot of things. One of the most jarring things they've done, so they've, they've run this through... Um, I think the Sims 4 like graphic it, engine, like the character creator for Sims 4 got that's involved. Not, that's, yeah, that's not that bad. The character stuff, I, I can... Whatever. It's a very, very clean... Poor, as in, there's been clearly no human touch. 
and the most the time where it's most visible is text. Yeah. So yeah. in old games, you have you know, text is very very grainy. So you don't always exactly know you know what it says, but it's not clear cut. In this one, the the algorithm they run it through, the magic system they run it through, has cleaned it up and put it in very basic sans serif font, and it's all the same. Nothing has character anymore. It is very just it stands out clean font everywhere so when you get a cluck in bell it doesn't have the bright like yellow and red and kind of like bubble letters that i remember it just says it very clean it looks very modern and stark and it just it takes the life out of it and for a game that like when i played it was buggy as hell nothing controlled right and some of the, the facial models are just bizarre mm. that's the thing that stuck out the most to me because whereas everything is like goofy bad, that was sterile. And it, that's the part that hurt me the most. Because anyway, don't recommend that. So I don't think that's going to win. Fair enough. Definitely um, not. Look, my, my personal vote, and yes, slight bias, but also I just think the way that they've managed this is really good. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. I know there was obviously controversy around it surrounding the Amiibo and the fact that it gave a thievery thievery they gave a feature which yes should have been in the game um but just compared to the others like i think the only one really that stands a chance here if not zelda would be mass effect because has to be mass effect yeah i think it's got to be mass effect surely like pokemon yeah, brilliant diamond shining pearl i don't, people don't give enough of a shit about i don't give enough of a shit about mario party superstars not good enough for what it should be in my opinion um, I think every Mario Party game should have been better. Just I'm putting it out there. Um, Just a b- blanket statement. Yep, absolutely. I, blanket statement. I've played a couple of, like, I guess, a remaster collections uh, recently. Uh, one of them being Mass Effect Legendary and the other one being uh, Uncharted, the Drake's collection. Uncharted oh, yeah. 1, 2, and 3. And... Um, yeah, just the, the lessons that have been learnt in putting together a game like um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, how everything is sort of integrated. It's really smooth. It's very slick. Like, it's really, it's a really well done package. Three great games, easily accessible on every platform imaginable. Like, it's awesome. It's really good. I've never played Mass Effect before, but I went and got the Legendary Edition. And look, I played a fair chunk of number one and I didn't continue with it. Not because of how it was remade. I just realized, look, this probably isn't the game for me. And I know the first one can be a bit of a slog, so maybe I'll I'll get back to it eventually. However, presentation-wise, control-wise, just everything was top-notch for a, a remake slash remaster. I was mm. thoroughly impressed, and I think if you are to play Mass Effect, this is now the definitive way to do it. It, it was it was brilliant. Really impressed with it. But without further ado, I have the magical envelope in front of me. I'm going to open this one up. Oh, they've been sealed. I'm gonna do the. Uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited because you don't know who the winners are. So I don't know. Who I'm, I'm waiting for that. Um, I'm waiting for that moment, like the when that happened on Australia's Next Top Model a few years ago, where they announced who the winner was, and then like two minutes later, they realised they'd announced the wrong person. Nope. Open this up, and the winner of the whatever year it was, 2021 Best Comeback Award, goes to. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yay! Yay! With 30% of the vote. Oh, wow. Uh, the runners-up, Pokemon Diamond and uh, Pearl and Zelda Skyward Sword got 25% of the vote each. 
with wow. Grand Theft Auto Trilogy and Mario Party Superstars, but also tying at 10%. Who voted Who's for Grand Theft Auto? Who the hell voted Auto? for GTA? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who are Dan Houser. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Houser's like, I've got nothing else to do. Who are you and why are you, studio? why are you just an agent of chaos? Next up, best handheld game, aka the best Switch game, because until the Vita 2 comes out... Oh, wait, no, next year we're going to have... We have to look at this award a little bit differently with... Um, the Steam Deck, Stream Deck, whatever the hell it's called, Steam Deck. Steam Deck, yeah. Steam out. Deck. That'll be that's coming out this year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. We have to look into how we do this award. But our nominees are Monster Hunter Rise, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Metroid Dread, New Pokemon Snap, which I can't believe came out this year, yeah. and Mario Party Superstars. So we've already spoken about Mario Party Superstars of Pokemon. Simon, this is your award. You're, yeah. you're being the Nintendo fanboy here. I mean, Monster Hunter Rise, Metroid Dread. I think as a, uh, as a handheld experience, Monster Hunter Rise wins. Even though I do think Dread is the better game. I mean, obviously, OLED Switch was sort of the selling point to get with Metroid Dread, and maybe that does make a bit of a difference. But for me, Monster Hunter Rise was a better experience on the go than Dread. I kind of disagree because, I mean, this is the, the the problem I've been having. Not being a massive... I'm, I'm nowhere near the same level of Monster Hunter fan as you are, Sai. So maybe that's what kind of blocked me here. But I loved World. World was one of the best games I've played in the last 10 years. Monster Hunter World, that is. Yeah. Having that experience shrunk onto the screen off, off the Switch, and obviously you can dock it and stuff like that and play on the TV, but it's just not the same as playing it just a console version like World. Um, didn't feel right. This game needs to be bigger and allowed to spread the wings a little bit. And while it looked fantastic on the switch world, obviously looked a lot sharper. And I, I've really appreciated that. I think dread was really good pickup and play. You yeah. go in there, play a few little, you know, rooms, dungeons, chambers, whatever you're going to call them and put it away. And even at the same time, Pokemon snap did that really well. Pokemon Does snap it, did lend itself very well. To that, yeah. It was a really good handheld game. However, it was a game with nowhere near enough content. So I hit the wall. Keelan and Chris, did you play much Switch this year? Uh, yeah, I pl- I've played a bit of uh, Dread while I played the demo. And honestly, I'm just going to be pragmatic and just straight up say it. Dread is definitely going to be winning this. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I just... I, I, I didn't play Metroid Dread, but I remember for a good week there when it came out, that was pretty much all that my Twitter feed was full of, was just everyone oh, going nuts yeah. for it. Oh, K- Kyron from Dialogue Options yeah. is still tweeting about Tears of Day. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Every time he tweets about it, I'm like, I'm in, buddy. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> all right. Without further ado, best handheld game 2021. We should have done these awards last year. I don't know how this works. This is ASMR. Keelan, when we are announce these winners, can you cut in some um, like cheering and stuff in the background? The look at his face says no. That look you just gave me says no. <laughs> the winner, best handheld game 2021 goes to, with 30% of the vote, goes to Metroid fucking Dread. Runners up, runners up, whatever. Monster Hunter Rise, 25%. Uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, also 25%. New Pokemon Snap at 20%. Mario Party Superstars at a dismal and shameful 5%. Ah. I don't think that's the last award that Metro Dread wins tonight. Mm. Also, I'm, like I did last year, I'm throwing the envelopes on the ground and I'm going to regret this. 
Oh, yeah, you've got to pick shit up afterwards. Uh, next up, best new IP, Deathloop. It Takes Two, who won the official game of the year. Returnal, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, and Scarlet Nexus. This is a good crop of games. This is, right. yeah. This is an exciting category. What stood out to you guys? Oh, Pers- did- Personally, sorry, Kills. Um, I think as an IP, as potential for an IP goes, Kena is absolutely the winner for me. Because you can do sequels, you can it's solid as hell. You can yeah. expand on this. I think it takes two is a, for lack of a better term, one hit wonder. Not in the sense it's a runoff. Yeah, like not in the sense that Joseph Farris is you know never going to make another great game because he absolutely is. This man's going to nail this again but and like again. The last few games he's made, so he's made it takes two. Um, uh, he did the the prison one. No, no way, way out. out. No way oh, out. out. And he did. Uh, I'm blanking. What's the big game he did? I can't remember. He did another game. I'm completely blank on it. But none of them have had sequels. Yeah. I, he, it feels like he has very short, sharp stories he wants to tell. He does yeah. it extremely well. Yeah, absolutely. And he knows that a lot of these mechanics may overstay their welcomes. Like, uh, No Way Out. What's what it called? No Way no Out. Way out. Uh, a, 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 a Way, way out. out. Yeah. Um, I think that mechanic going to a sequel would get a little bit tedious. Absolutely. So I... I, I would I think it takes two, two, or once um, uh, they get sued and have to change the name of the game because of a take two, um, and they make a sequel to it. I I don't think it will have that same charm. Like, does a couple get divorced again? I don't know. Is it a different uh, couple? Like, mm, yeah. yeah, maybe they could change the uh, stereotype um, in the, the book. That, that, that's where that's that's, that's really that a bit. where I think you're wrong in that. They could take that concept and apply it to any sort of combination of human beings. It doesn't uh, need to be a romantic relationship. No, so in that time, opens things it up. It takes to, two, but you bring the Beatles back together. There we go. There's one idea, <laughs> and and you can apply um, a whole host of new gameplay mechanics in the same way that it takes two does something fresh and new and different every time. So maybe you can turn it into a franchise. But in any case, still. An incredible freaking game. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. my vote goes. Deathloop has... When I first... You know, you see the conceit of the game. On paper, it has great sequel potential. And I think we will get sequels to it. However, trying to be a spoiler-free as I can here, the ending of the game, while lending itself to sequels, it lends itself very cheaply to sequels. I have a lot of issues with the ending of the game. I think a lot of people... I think everyone who's finished the game has an issue with the ending. The ending is bad. It kind of really dampened my excitement for ending um, Deathloop 2. The game that probably has the biggest I, you know, future IP um, potential for me is Returnal. People have suddenly, I think in the last month, myself included, just started appreciating that game. There's been like a second wave of appreciation yeah, for this game. There has, like, I have noticed well, that. It was, yeah. kind of, it was kind of ignored at the Game Awards a little bit. Hold up, let's play this game. Like, was this game good or not? People are playing again. It's been one of the showcase games of the next generation of consoles. Sound design is incredible. Story is great. That first boss is fucked. <laughs> Fracky, son of a bitch. <laughs> I need to go back and beat him. I'm so hard. I think that has really good potential and it's very. It's already become very iconic. I think that's what you need. You're able to look at a game and you kind of know what it is. Um, mm. So that's got my vote. And did anyone play Scarlet Nexus? No. Nah. 
Not for me. That's spirit. Let's see who won. Best new IP 2021. I almost forgot the year was last year. <laughs> and the winner. Best new IP. Oh, we have a tie. Oh. At both on 30%. The winners are Deathloop and It Takes Two. Uh, wow. Runners up. Return on 20%. Uh, Keener Bridge of Spirits at uh, 13%. Uh, that works out. And Scarlet Nexus at 5%. Oh, because of half percentages. Scarlet Nexus at 5%. So one person at least played Scarlet Nexus. That's good. That's that's, good yeah, that's good. Death Loop, and it takes two. All okay, right. There we go. Combine the two. Fix up that. Oh, I was going to drop a spoiler there, but I will not. Hmm. We'll move on. Two. Best performance. We have Giancarlo Esposito. Gus Fring, as many people know, as Anton Castillo from Far Cry 6, Jason Keeley as Colt in Deathloop, Maggie Robertson as Lady, the lovely Lady Dimitrisk, Resident Evil Village, uh, Azama Okaga as Juliana Blake, Juliana Blake bleh, from Deathloop, and Erica Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange True Colors, which is a game I was hoping to play before we record this, because I hear nothing but good things about Life is mm. Strange. Yeah, I've had very good um, things about it. But I haven't played that. Look, the performances in Deathloop were fantastic. However, I think the writing got a little bit messy at one point, which does detract. Um, Giancarlo Esposito should have done an amazing... Sorry. He did an amazing job with what he was given. He was allowed to just ham it up as much, but he's chewing scenery in that game and sending me emails after the game is because I haven't finished the game, which was just odd. However, for somebody who can play such iconic characters, you have Gus Fring, you have Moff Gideon um, from Mandalorian. This is not a character that's staying with me. And th the shame of that is, is Far Cry has such iconic villains. You, know, you got Vass and Pagan Min and, and what have you. And then, you know, that Jared Leto motherfucker from number five. This one isn't sticking with me because nothing he does is that... Interesting. Yeah. But then at that big moment at the start of the game where he just like, he takes the performance by, you know, the shackles, by the horns. I don't he know. Was, he was underutilized, Jesse. I think and like they just, uh, they didn't do much with him. He just did standard villain things. And as such, he's kind of thrown into that standard villain bargain bin and you forget about him. Nothing. I feel like, the, I feel like they've almost kind of relied on who he is. Rather than oh, rather yeah. than trying to make a big yeah. character out of it, it was just like everyone knows who he is. This is going to make people excited for the game. That's it. We we don't have to do much and with he him. Did and that's the, like that's what he was was like a a, a pull in. Um, rather than actually putting in the time to make a really creative character and really creative villain, it was basically just like yeah, let's hire him and we're done. Well, I'm not going to go too much into a rant about Far Cry Six and how it broke my little heart, but. Because the game was so open and it tried to get you to do everything, it was it was very much a playground of just chaos and, and messy because of it. The main storyline didn't seem focused at any point. Because it was a focus and I wasn't engaged with it, nothing that performance did was really selling to me. Um, I mean, we did mention that smaller role, he has a bit of a, almost like a smallish role in the game. Again, I haven't finished it. He could be amazing at the, at the latter half, but I haven't heard anything about that. Um, Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitris. Look, the game's been out for almost 12 months now, so 
I can just say Lady Dimitris isn't in the game for all, uh, nowhere near as long as I expected it to be. No, no. Um, but her performance, like for lack of a better term here, towers over the rest of them. It is incredible. <laughs> Excellent choice of words. That is, obviously her design spoke to people on a primal level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because we all want um, big mum vampire woman to step on us. However, the voice she does with her, is superb and when Absolutely. you it's it's that perfect mix of like formal but just like domineering de- demonic sense to her when you hear her chasing you and she's just calling you out oh chills absolutely loved her um and she did win at the game awards i believe mm. also she's very tall in real life i was very yes. impressed yes <laughs> so was I. all right let's Rip this one open. Best performance 2021 goes to none other than Ginkale Esposito, the one we were bagging up for. Oh, wow. Ginkale Esposito as Anton Castillo, Far Cry 6, at 45%. Uh, we got Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitris at 25%. Erica Mori at uh, 20%. Jason Keel, oh, both the guys in Deathloop um, at 10%. Nice. That's all right, all right, okay. Giancarlo. Add that to your wall of trophies and such. I, and the invisible. Maybe, maybe I need to go back. Going back to what we were saying. I need to go back to the game. It's not to not to um, step on the viewers' votes, but I, I feel like that's because Giancarlo is such a loved actor oh. now. It's kind of just like everyone was so hyped around it. It was just like, yeah, he was awesome. Like because he is such a loved maybe, person. Maybe we're wrong. Well, we look, that's the tr- it's the children that are wrong. What, I, what I've seen in regards to the sort of discourse surrounding Far Cry 6 is game kind of sucks or is a bit disappointing or any variation of that. Giancarlo Esposito is amazing. And that's pretty much been the whole discourse that I've seen. Everyone's yeah, I was like... Just, I was so broken hard about the game itself that everything, yeah. everything it touched <laughs> was toxic. Anyway, let's move on to best ongoing games. I wonder if Simon will have an opinion on this one. Maybe. <laughs> Final knows? Fantasy 14, I believe it is. Uh, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, Call of Duty Warzone, Genshin Impact. Now, I'm not going to throw this to you, Simon. I'm going to throw this to Chris. Chris, you and I played a fair bit of Fortnite last year. We, we played Fortnite a fair bit just as a way to keep in touch mainly. Um, we've, we don't really focus on the game too much. We're just talking shit. What did you think of the seasons last year? So we had the, the cube stuff and we had something else. Was it Primal? Primal. Primal, I, which grew, Primal grew on me because the bows grew on me. I did not like Primal. Um, I will say that this year for Fortnite, I thought was a bit of a letdown, and that's why I, I kind of went through waves where I didn't play it for like two months at a time yeah. and then got kind of brought back in, uh, and that's happened recently with yourself and I. We, we didn't play it for a good two or three months together, and then kind of probably with the new season about four weeks ago, we've jumped back into it. Um, and the only reason we've done that is because you don't have an Xbox, so we can't play Halo. That's true. Um, but yeah, with Fortnite, I felt that this year was actually pretty disappointing right until the end. It was basically, and I complained to Jesse about this multiple times, it felt like they did nothing with the map this year until right at the end where they changed everything, which was until great. Right at the end where they changed it. Um, like you yeah. think back to the earlier Fortnite with earlier seasons, they were changing it pretty frequently. Like not changing completely, but making decent size changes to it. This year, it just felt like it was the same thing. The ho- almost the whole way through. After they had that initial water world, which was awesome, I loved it. And then once the water went down and we got land back, it was like it just stayed like that for a good eight or nine months. 
Um, well, the whole cube season is like, oh, what's different than the map? Oh, there are cubes. What do they do? They move. Okay, what happens then? Yep, that's right. Cubes are yeah. moving. How crazy is that? <laughs> like, okay, okay, game. Uh, the, the latest season, the newest one that was came about four weeks ago, I really like, and they finally made big changes to the map, and like they brought. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm already bored of it. It's a bit uh, get, starting to get bored of it, but they've brought in enough changes that it's made it interesting. Whereas for a while there, it was just here's primal. Then they teased there was dinosaurs in it, and then there ended up being like you're gonna ride a triceratops. Yeah, there ended up being like the same. They were just Bullshit. like raptors, and that was it. That was the only thing that was in it, and they would attack you every now and then. And it was they, would, they became so, just annoying. Um, so yeah, uh, a question for you guys then, just as your opinions as players of Fortnite, do you think that maybe like this past year that's been mildly disappointing, they've just been kind of trying to buy time until they can get licenses secured uh, it, for other IPs and come up with better and bigger ideas. It's, like, the, it, the game has had an amazing shelf life. Yeah. It's lasted, what, five years? I think a lot of people will, will look down on Fortnite for various reasons, but if you look at it as, as a success, it, 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 it's been wildly successful. It's still extremely popular. I think it's got another few years in it before it really falls off. Um, but I think this is kind of the point where more casual players like Chris and myself will probably fall off completely this year. Okay. Uh, 2022 that is. It is winding down. Look, there's only so many ideas you can do. There's going to be always going to be demand from consumers to do something really out there and ambitious and they can't realistically keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's, fair. I, that's fair. I feel like it's I, I feel like it's just they're running out of ideas, they're running out of things to do and now they're just pulling it down to the licensed things that they can get, like Spider-Man's in it now and The Rock. and like I feel like that's However, the only draw cards now is that the licenses they can get, that's pretty much it. However, rumour is that they're um, going to introduce a mode with no building on it. So who knows? I may come back with a vengeance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but moving on to the other games, No Man's Sky just continues to burn brightly in the background. I know it's like everyone's favourite game. It still burns a lot of people at the start, but the, the complete transformation of this title has been beautiful we introduced i say we dune worms for lack of a term there were dune worms in the game now there are more creatures spaceships are bigger and the normandy from mass effect was in it that's a good fucking year for no man's sky i i i continuously fall in love with this game and get almost choked up every time i see a update trailer for, for this I game just, i don't know something about it speaks to me like a in my lizard brain goes off. I wish I could have gotten past the tutorial to experience how good this game apparently is that everyone claims. But the tutorial is bugged as fuck if you play in multiplayer. Like, actually unable to be completed in some cases. And it's, it's fucking, just shit. It's fucking crazy. I've, I found the tutorial the easiest part, but it was still hard for you. Um, <laughs> we had Call of Duty Warzone, which I don't think anyone's really into here. Whatever. Uh, Genshin Impact. Look, wildly popular. I don't think any... Did you play it? I've played a bit of Genshin, sort of loosely. Um, my my partner's played it a fair bit. And I am familiar with a lot of the Genshin discourse because a lot of my favourite content creators on YouTube and stuff like that also tend to play a bit of Genshin. Um, they did let the community down massively with the anniversary event this year. They have lost a lot of goodwill. And obviously, gacha games are going to gacha, which also means that they're going to fuck you over at every possible opportunity. So they're going to get you. They're going to get you. The getcha will the getcha will get you. Chris, you should have written that, that down as one of your jokes. Good one. <laughs> to the playbook. Thanks, girls. Cheers, buddy. But, you know, so I I think as a standalone game in and of its own right, it's a 
pretty fun game. Like, it's pretty solid. But the gacha elements really do detract from what could be a fantastic game in its own right. Uh, and then we, of course, have Final Fantasy XIV. Look, if you want to hear Simon's thoughts on, on Final Fantasy XIV, we're already, already gonna, running a little bit over time. Yeah. Um, just listen to the last seven episodes. Listen um, listen to the love letters that Jesse and I did. It was really good fun. Um, obviously, really good the new expansion's out, and I've had a great time. I cried a lot. And Are we, are we all good. betting that Final Fantasy wins here? I don't know, to be honest. I, I think Final Fantasy wins is pretty easily. I'm just banking on that Simon's <laughs> created a out. bunch of burner accounts. Trusting me, I put it past him. And the winner. Chris, you promised us to tell anyone. Ongoing game for 2021. The dominant 40% of the vote goes to no Final Fantasy 14. Hey. <laughs> hey. Fortnite Call of Duty Wars in at 20%. No Man's Sky at 15%. Genshin Impact at 5%. What that tells me is more people need to play No Man's Sky. However, I look, Final Fantasy was always going to win that. Yeah. Um, and Walker, again, we've spoken about this ad nauseum, so I won't go into it too much, but I, I love that people are still so happy about it online. It's very, very good. On to the next category. Best Protagonist. Oh, this is a good group. We've got Samus, Samus, Seamus from Metro Dread, Colt from Deathloop, Special Agent Raz from Psychonauts 2, Rivet, Rivet from Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Master Chef from Halo Infinite, the chef himself. Um, <laughs> look. It's Gordon Ramsay. Surprise. <laughs> she's not going to win it. I love. I'm a massive platformer fan, massive Ratchet and Clank fan. The fact that we were able to introduce a new character in Rivet and she went just like toe-to-toe with Ratchet and Clank. Like I, she is in the same league as them. These are two characters I've played, what, like seven, eight titles from them? Oh, sorry, including them. Um, and she comes in, I love her just as much. Beautifully written. Her arc is really fun. Her relationships, her facial animation, she was... I, I love Rivet. I don't think she'll win, but Rivet is you know, an outstanding new character. It's funny that you say that because I think I might have actually voted for Rivet. Because don't get me hey, wrong. Like, which burner account, though? <laughs> uh, I think it was number five. Uh, no, sorry. Um, hang on, play. Cut that out. Cut that out. Uh, no, because Samus is, is cool because, you know, she's stoic and, you know, very, very she strong. Ball. But. You know, I feel really like can't turn into a ball. I feel like Rivet as a newcomer to stand, as you said, you know, toe to toe with Ratchet and Clank is so fucking fun, so damn fun. And yeah, I just, I just like it. I actually want to see a standalone Rivet game. Now. I, I, I would love that. I would, I would want like a a smaller game, almost like Spider Man Miles Morales, yeah, like a, a Miles Morales with on Rivet. Rivet. Yeah, that's it. I think that's another important thing about her is. I mean, we've talking about this before. A character silhouette. You need to be able to look at a character and know the house straight away. Yeah. And her with like the earrings, the the metal arm. It's a very distinct look. It stands out. It's familiar because she's also a Lombax, obviously. But it's it's still such a fun spin on it. Um, who else? Colt Colt in Deathloop is fun. He's witty. He's very well played. But uh, the performance uh, behind his voice and stuff is great. It's it's like the game around him that let him down. He was the coolest part of the game. Him and Juliana. Um, The rest of the game kind of fell apart. And that Special Agent Raz, I need to put more time to Psychonauts. Because I I liked it and it felt like a 
it's very it feels like a show yes that's actually that's and i like that that's the intended um sort of direction if you can do play uh psychonauts one on game um on game pass struggling to play two um but yes you should do one as well Go through one first, then play two, because it makes... Because the time skip, as it were, between the two games, there isn't much of one at all. There's a very small sort of inter-mission yeah. story. extremely well at the start. Yeah. Um, but, look, I, I need to get back into it. I think I just had a lot of, like, work stuff come up at the same time as the game coming out. Yeah, it was August, so it would have been a lot of work stuff. Um, I need to get back into it, because I really enjoyed Raz. And Psychonauts is one of those games that I've heard so much about. Uh, you know, it's everyone want to double fine to release a sequel or a remake or something like that. So there's definitely a connection there with people have with Raz and I want to experience that as well. Um, and Master Chief, Keelan, is he bringing anything new to the table in Infinite or is it just same yes, old Master Chief? something that you mentioned earlier. Hold on. <clears throat> Fuck me. Where's the lamb sauce? <laughs> what are I'm you? Do- An idiot sandwich. Are you doing? Uh, are you doing Gordon Ramsay's Master Chief? Yeah, Master Chef. He's the Master Chef. Yeah. Master Chef. I wasn't sure if Keelan was On trying a to do. Level, I fucking hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Keelan does an impersonation, you don't know if he's trying or not. Is he mocking or is he trying? I wasn't sure if he was actually trying the to do is- Gordon Ramsay for doing it with an American accent. And I was like, does he know he's British? <laughs> I fucking uh, got y'all. Also, uh, can you, you know, my wife. As- Master Chief? And I, I've done that several times already. I'm not going to, you know, I'm <laughs> kicking a dead horse there. That's, Kick it. Um, I haven't heard it before. Um, uh, okay, Chris, for you, I'll wait, anything. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. You don't want to kick a dead horse. Have you listened to this podcast? <laughs> Chris, okay, hey. hold on, hold on. <clears throat> All the jokes are recycled. My wife. <laughs> okay. Now, um, I feel sick. Now, Master Chief do, is, Thanks, Keelan. That was the crying. wrong time to take a sip of alcohol. Holy shit. <laughs> Master Chief has developed tremendously as a character in Halo Infinite, but he should not be on that list because it's just, it's not on the same league as some of those other characters there. They are full character arcs, stories that have beginnings and end, and middles and ends, and they, they go through some sort of significant change. Growth. Growth, exactly. And I actually really think that there's something there behind Psychonauts. I can't get behind mm. that whole Saturday morning cartoon vibe. Like, I'm, I'm really struggling with it. But it is expertly written. And all of those characters are very believable in their, the roles that they play. Well done. Just, just keep well in done. mind, though, it's, it's a Saturday morning cartoon mixes Bo Burnham's inside. Yeah. yeah. It's very, so very tongue-in-cheek. But let's have a look at the winner, Beth Protagonist. Goes to Bo Burnham. I'll open up the old envelope. And the winner at 40% is Samus. Hey. 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 I'm very happy look, for that. Everyone, everyone was just stoked to see her come back, Uh-oh. I think. This, this, this is the year of Metroid because people were genuinely over the moon about their comeback. Um, at 20%, we got uh, Master Chief... At 50%, we've got Colt and Rivet at 50%. And Special Agent Raz at 10%. I just don't think enough people have played Psychonauts. I think one thing, one thing to keep in mind with Psychonauts is that it's a game that is trying to tell you a message. So bear that in mind and be open to how that will come through as the game progresses. Um, it's a very good game. It's a very good game. 
really should be finish it eventually on to best antagonist we have the emmys from metroid dread lady dimitrice from resident evil village anton castillo from far cry 6 eshram eskirium whatever the fuck his name is from halo infinite and dr nefarious from ratchet and clank rift apart just because i like dr nefarious emperor nefarious Emperor in effect. <laughs> uh, look, my standard here, we're, we're going to knock out the next few ones pretty quickly. The Emmys, because oh, with the Emmys comes the music. Yeah. And every time you enter one of those zones, those danger rooms, the music, the creepy little, like, it's almost like a dripping sound is stunning. Yeah. If I could encapsulate my favorite video game sound, from the last 10 years, that's in the conversation. That sends chills up my spine, and I think it's beautifully done. Um, Eshram. Esh- How do you pronounce his name, Keelan? Yeah, it's it's Eshram. 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 Dumb name. He just, at, again, I've only played a little bit of the campaign. He just seems like a generic big grunt. You know what? He gives great monologues. I'll give him that, and that's all I'll give him. <laughs> oh, cop that. Uh, Emperor Nefarious, Doctor Nefarious, just a fun time, absolutely hamming it up. It was the funnest aspect of a very fun game. Uh, Ratchet Clank Rift Apart, uh, such a good, goddamn good game. Um, I'm, uh, I'm torn between the Emmys and Lady Dimitris. I'm leading towards Lady Dimitris because mm. uh, I'm in love with her. I mean, who is Look at that. Bad reason, but exactly. fair. I understand why. why. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's have a look. Who won best antagonist? 2021. 20, At a, probably the biggest uh, margin we've had so far. At 50%, we have Big Mama Dimitris. Resident Evil hey. Village at 50%. Runners up, the Emmys and Anton Castillo for at 20%. Uh, Dr. Nefarious at 10%. And Old Mate Eshram at 0%. Oh, put Eshram. Because he's just a big version of just one of the grunts in the background. That's right. <laughs> uh, moving on to a category that, look, I'll admit, we've unfortunately kind of ignored a bit this year, is Best Indie. Uh, it's been some stunning games here. We've got Keena Bridge of Spirits from Ember Lab, Valheim from Iron Gate Studio, Artful Escape from Beethoven and Dinosaurs, which is a great name for studio. That uh, is. Inscription, Daniel Mullen's Games, and Unpacking from Witchbeam. I've played one of these games. I've played two of them. Unpacking is phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, I, I played is- it. I was hoping to play a bunch of my uh, bunch of indie games over the Christmas break. I bit off more than I could chew, not realizing that Christmas break, rather busy. Um, yeah. but I played unpacking and I've gone back to it since just because it is meditative. It's a perfect mix of meditation and nostalgia. Mm, so it is for those that haven't played it. You kind of going through the life of a young woman who's moved house to house, you know, to, she moved into college and things like that. And you're unpacking the, the boxes that she takes with her throughout her life. Um, and you, you need to put them up in the right room. So obviously you may, open up a box in the bathroom. It could have a plate and a knife and fork in there. You need to take it into the kitchen and put it into the right drawers and make sure everything fits. That's the challenge because you start to move in with people and they have their own stuff and you can't move their stuff around. You need to make your world incorporate with theirs, which I think is a very nice message and all that as well. Uh, this, the soundtrack is 
gorgeous, relaxing as hell. It's it is so just this lo-fi beat that I, I, I loved it. Um, Keen to bring the spirits. I need to go pick up soon because I'm very, very keen to play it again. Like I said before, massive platformer fan. Inscription I have, and people have been yelling at me to play Inscription. It's like a card base escape room. Yeah, the less you know, the better is what I have been told multiple times. And in fact, later today, I was planning on buying it for a friend, but uh, they might be watching right now. So if they are, sorry. Uh, if not, buy for yourself now. No, I might do now, that. Um, and the Artful Escape is, again, I've heard really good things about it. I will get to it eventually. Unfortunately, this year has just been super busy. But the other game that you've played, Simon, is Valheim. Correct. I have played Valheim with a couple of friends for... Uh, in fact, let me see if I can figure out exactly how long. But basically, it's a survival game. Uh, not a survival horror. It is just a you know standard survival game, kind of like Minecraft and stuff like that. But it's set in, um, I guess, I'm trying to think what the word is, um, the afterlife in Norse mythology, but also not. It takes a lot of inspiration from Nordic Oh, myths. so Valheim's like Valhalla kind of. Okay. Yeah. I get yeah. it now. And it's... Oh, because Valheim would be half Valhalla, half Helheim, which is their hell. I believe so, So is yes. it to be like their... Per- almost like a purgatory? Purgatory. That was the word I couldn't think of. Thank you. <laughs> Look at me working that one out. Yeah. 2022, year <laughs> of the brain. Um, so yeah, purgatory. It's, it's Yeah, it's kind of like a purgatory and you have to kill, I guess, certain bosses to progress in a procedurally generated map with a certain amount of resources and stuff like that. And it's cool because it really slowly expands in and of itself in a very natural way. You start off just building a little hut as a shelter that you sleep in. And then you turn it into a much bigger house with a really nice fire pit in the middle that makes you all nice and cosy and warm. And then you have a storage area off to a side and then you build another floor and, you know, it increases your, you've got like a meal prep area and it, uses all of those things really, really nicely. It does it really well. It feels very natural. It's very fun. And just when you think like, oh, you know, I guess I'm done with survival games, you're not because another game like this comes around and it's good. Like Valheim is just really good fun. The combat is straightforward yet really engaging and the like enemy encounters are never super simple. And the first time you come across a troll, you will probably cry. Because it killed I me. I always try, but let's find out who won. My money's on. My money is on unpacking. Go, witch beam. Open up the envelope, and the winner of the best indie award for twenty twenty one is unpacking from witch beam. Yeah, forty percent. Hell's yeah, unpacking's rad. Uh, Valheim at twenty five percent. Keen of Brother Spirit at twenty percent. Inscription at ten percent, and the Artful Escape at five percent. Now, on to our most awkwardly named award, the Best Time to Be a Gamer Award. It was called something else last year. I can't remember what it is. The gist of this award is, what was the coolest moment of games that wasn't a game this year? So not like, oh, Ratchet & Clank was really cool. It's a moment, a moment in gaming kind of culture that caught the zeitgeist. I'm going to go through the categories. We've got Halo Multiplayer Early Release. Uh, all the Lady Dimitri's thirst artwork and memes on social media. Metroid's back. Hells yeah. Bethesda coming to Game Pass, bringing all of the goddamn games. 
and the Joseph Farris Redemption arc from when he said, fuck the Oscars at the Game Awards, to going on stage and saying, fuck the Oscars, but winning the Game Award. It's a beautiful arc. <laughs> I love that, man. Well, there's two that I very clearly remember, and that was Metroid, as I said, for a, a good week when that was released. That was all that was on my Twitter feed. Um, like, everyone was just going nuts. And for me, even though I didn't play it, it was just really nice to see everyone loving it and in such a good mood. Um, like, I didn't see anything bad about it. I just saw people enjoying playing a game. Um, mm. Yeah. And the other one that, that I just... I reckon it was probably longer. Was was Lady Demetrice? It was just constant memes. It's and, yeah. yeah, it's still going. Like just people constantly talking about it. So they're the two that like very clear memories that I have of where social media was just all about those two things when they both both kind of came out. It's like a, a, a button was pressed because everyone saw Lady Demetrice in the first trailer, and people were trying to work out like. Hold up, she's holding Ethan Winters against the wall. Why am I that? Why is everyone else so small around her? Wait, what? She seems cool, but the the size is, is way off. And they came out and said, oh, yeah, she's eight foot five. And it was like, oh, someone press the horny alarm. Everyone, <laughs> everyone. We're going to do come. There, there, <laughs> there, is, there is one moment that I know it's a bit more specific, but I want to give an honorable mention to, and that is the Final Fantasy XIV fan fest. Because as I know, I know I'm very biased on this and I won't pretend otherwise, but having such a big event dedicated to the fans of the game, it was incredible. All of the dev team getting on the jokes and the memes that the community make. And it just is such a good time and everyone feels really great walking away from it. And I just have to have to give it the shout out there because Creative Business Unit 3, Yoshi P, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to make me happy. And it is shit like that. Like it is, it's Killing. that honest, clear communication. Killing, you can just cut all that. <laughs> you just cut all that, throw in the bin. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I think, look, there's two that stick out for me. Um, Bethesda bring all of the games to Game Pass and EA bring a bunch of EA play games to Game Pass yeah. as well. That, that is going to have the, that has had the biggest effect in the background because the fact that I go into Game Pass and I'm seeing Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, but I'm also seeing Burnout Paradise and Black is fantastic. And a majority of my gaming this year or last year have been via Game Pass. I think that is going to have the biggest ramifications going forward. It was huge. Yeah, it was massive. I mean, I just log on and I'm looking at this list of EA stuff and I'm like, Holy crap! I meant to play that game all those years back, and never never got the chance. Now I can do it. This is like I can finally Netflix. play Dragon Age. Oh, like you know how we always compare compare Game Pass to Netflix? It's like Netflix got Disney Plus on it. Oh yeah, it's like oh okay, this is something different now. But I I think the winner will be Halo multiplayer dropping early. Everyone thought it was going to come out with the game itself on December eight. Uh, it dropped what mid November or so at the. Uh, 20th anniversary uh, of the Xbox. While it had its problems with progression and stuff like that, people were having fun with it. You had people jumping on for the first time into a Halo multiplayer, like myself, falling in love with it. And you have people who were diehard fans off, you know, the series, like Keelan. And I, like, my social media is still going off about it. It is one of the cleanest and most fun, as long as you t- turn off all sort of communications with other players, clean and fun multiplayer experience that I've had. I think that'll win. But let's find out who actually did win. Oh, that little rip with for you ASMR fans out there. 
and the winner best game and moment or whatever we called it this last year and we'll probably call it something different this year goes to oh this is close at 30 percent our winner is halo multiplayer early release ooh, ooh. uh runners up the lady dimitri's thirst artwork and memes and metroid being back uh both at 25 percent but there's the coming to game pass at 15 percent and joseph harris must have voted for himself uh his redemption arc scoring five percent Thank you, Joseph, for listening to the show. <laughs> All right. Joseph Farris, friend of the show. I did this one quickly because it's our last award before the game of the year. <laughs> Best story. We have Psychonauts 2, Resident Evil Village, Life is Strange, True Colors, Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart, and Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker. Uh, look, Psychonauts 2, we've already spoken about that. Uh, story is, is great for one of her. I just don't know enough about it. Life is strange. I need to play it. None of us here have played it yet. My my, my partner my partner loves Life Ooh. is Strange, and she's I've seen a fair bit of both games. The new one, uh, yes, because or has she played? I think she's played the new one. Um, yeah, I've seen a fair bit of them while she's been playing it, um, and I have to say they're they're really cool games. Um, I played a bit of the the uh, the, the previous one, and I I liked. I think the concept's really really cool. It's very very well presented. Yeah. Whenever I think of True Colors, though, I'm I'm thinking back to when it first came out. Obviously, it's a very streamable game because it got a very nice narrative people can follow along with. Um, but you can't have licensed music because all sorts of copyright bullshit. Um, so you play with streamer mode on, and it cuts out licensed music. And there is a scene where two characters are like, you know playing music in the house. They're kind of having a bit of fun. One of them plays like air guitar with the broom and stuff like that. But rather than replacing the licensed song with just some generic rock music that you can get for free, they just take the music out. It's Awkward. nothing, but they keep in the Foley effects. So when somebody steps, you hear it. When one of the characters is playing like drums with a few sticks along with the song, all you hear is a of them hitting wooden sticks against the, uh, against like the floor. One of them jumps in the bed and you hear the springs move a little bit. It's very off-putting because it reminds me of all those memes that people made of like, um, of course, I'm going to mention Sp- Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man at some point. In Spider-Man 3, when he goes full emo, which, you know, I, I, I can respect the hustle, um, and he's walking down the street, they've taken all the music out of it and it's just him, like his shoes squeaking and people are like, being like, what the fuck is this? It reminded me of that too much. Um, however, I think because of his burner accounts, I think Ed Walker may win this one. <laughs> Let's have a look, see. I think we've spoken about the rest a fair bit. I actually I just want to also pay a bit of a mention to Resident Evil Village. While I don't think it had the best story, um, let's face it, Resident Evil games are known for their story. Um it lived in my head rent-free for months. I was watching YouTube breakdowns about all the different lords and the characters, all the different all the different enemy types. Uh, the lore fascinated me. Our story was a little bit hit and miss at points. But let's see who won. The winner of Best Story 2021 goes to... <gasps> Fuck yeah, guys. Psychonauts 2 at 35%. Damn. Stuff. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and Walker at twenty five percent. Simon, you played yourself. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart twenty percent. Life is Strange True Colors at fifteen percent. And my vote for Resident Evil Village at five percent. God damn you, people! Good stuff. No. I'm, gl- I'm glad Raz deserves an award. I mean, yes, right. but I have to disagree personally. <laughs> yeah, well, 
You should have pushed your uh, Vertata. Um, game of the year. It's a big one. Now, last year, it's such a weird year because you look at it, it's like, oh, there was no big, big title. You didn't have your massive, you know, you didn't have like a God of War and or, or New Zelda, you know, a Breath of the Wild sequel didn't come out, a New Horizon, blah, blah, blah. It was a really solid year, though. Um, so solid that I couldn't cut down our nominees to 10, as we usually have. I had to include 11. <laughs> so our nominees are Deathloop, Halo Infinite, Returnal, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Psychonauts 2, Forza Horizon 5, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Resident Evil Village, Hitman 3, Metroid Dread, and It Takes Two. Now, we've discussed most games here already, but there's a few I want to, I want to touch on. Hitman 3... I'm so glad that I've seen a few outlets bit the bullet and give it a game of the year. And I, it, I've had to think about it. It is my game of the year. Personally, Hitman 3 is my, got my vote because of three levels in the game. The others work fine, but there is the, the Knives Out Mansion. Look, I can't remember the exact areas. There's a winery and there is like a club in like Berlin or something like that, which is one of the biggest levels ever in a Hitman game. The way that game has been crafted is on another level. I can't properly put into words the playground that that game is and how everything works perfectly. Some games give you a playground and it's chaotic, like Far Cry 6. I know we're comparing sort of apples and oranges here because the very yeah, it's much it's a much tighter experience with Hitman, but you can tell that everything in a Hitman 3 area, a level, is placed there on purpose because there is something you can do with it. You can exploit everything. And I love that. Nothing feels just there for the sake of either randomness or creating chaos. It is there and you can use it perfectly. Um, the fact that I'm still thinking about that game, the fact that I'm still trying to work at how I can beat certain, like, you know, timed runs on maps. I haven't played in about eight months. Oh, magical. I also want to mention uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. This game wasn't meant to be good. It was revealed this year. It's like, oh, what a new Guardians game. And it comes in like three months time. It's like, oh shit, this is bad. After Avengers came out, which was pretty shit. Uh, and then you're just like rushing this game out. It has no real fanfare to it. The first trailer was really kind of like ugh, rough. And I didn't really like the way they were doing Star-Lord, blah, blah, blah. And then... uh. It came, it came out and it was just like way better than it should have been. And like the licensed music worked. You definitely can't stream this game because it loses its heart with that licensed music. Mm. But it's just, just so, so goddamn that's, good. That's, Look, that's, guys, they're the two games I need, I need to, to talk about. Disappointing that you say that because I have been waiting to play it, but I've been waiting to stream it. So the fact that you just said it and don't stream it, I might as well just play it now. I don't think, <laughs> Look, I don't think you can. I don't think you can stream it because the the best mechanic in it, and I we will discuss this mechanic in greater detail down the track because we want to do an episode where we discuss really good mechanics in games. Is the huddle system or something along those lines? When you're, I've spoken about this before. You're in a fight. If you're losing and you know you, you kind of your meter goes all the way to the top, you can call in a huddle. Everyone take, comes and takes a knee. And they start complaining about like, you know, we're losing out there. They're laughing at us. We're a joke. We're not working together, blah, blah, blah. And you take some cues of what they're saying. You pick the best pep talk. 
And if you get it, it's great. They play, you know, I need a hero. All your characters are boosted. You're kicking ass. It is fun. It is a sequence from a James Gunn film. It's brilliant. However, if you get it wrong, rather than being like, you get nothing, it's <laughs> the rest of the team just looking at you like, the fuck was that? Like, what do you want about? But you're still pumped up because it was the right pep talk for you. So as Starlord, you're still flying around. You've got the music blaring for yourself and you have all these superpowers and everyone else is like looking at you like, what, 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 mate? That wasn't that great. It's super self-aware. It's characters, despite constantly talking, it never becomes tedious. I really, really enjoyed it. But for you guys, did anything in particular stand out to you guys this year or last year? Well, uh, for me, there's one game and I've been just begging you guys to actually play play it and now you've got a real reason to win it because the game awards have given it the game of the year award it takes two it is transcendent it's the it, it, it's Jesus. something that's made me who is not interested in platforming games at all fall in love with it again like it is the 90s all over again it is honestly like game changing it is so worth playing and it is so worth carving out the time with somebody who you can stand being around for eight hours uh, and and just just playing through that game. It is so enjoyable. Please do try it. It's special. Eight hours long. I thought it was going to be longer. Which this actually makes it much more appealing. Okay. Yeah, it's roughly um, around there. Depends on how good you or your uh, co-op partner is at the game. My playthrough was longer than eight hours. <laughs> Uh, Simon, I'm going to guess your vote went to Dread? To Metroid, yeah. I mean, look, I've played plenty of Metroidvanias. I love my Metroidvanias. I think they're really, really good fun. But this is the... I, I can't go back to any other Metroidvania now. I tried... After I beat Dread, I was like, cool. Fucking love this. This felt so good. I'm ready to to try um, Hollow Knight again. Because it's been a while since I'd last tried Hollow Knight. And the movement just isn't as snappy. Isn't quite as responsive. And I just, I feel slow and vulnerable and I hate it in comparison to Dread. And don't get me wrong, Hollow Knight is a fantastic game and absolutely should be played, but it just, it doesn't feel the same anymore. If you still need that feeling of just being, playing a Metroidvania and being like, this is a dominant force in the game, please play Carrion. I was replaying it a few days ago. Yeah. Carrion's really, really fun. Um, Chris, what about you? Um, for me, it would probably be Hitman 3 as well. Good man. I've taught you well. <laughs> also, partially right. from a Let's nostalgic see. point of view, because I played, I think, the original Hitman when I was like 11. Um, and yeah, that game just Jeez. hit all of the... It, it hit all the right Hitman. notes on it. All right. Oh, shit. I almost threw the envelope across the room when I did that dramatic rip. You think good <laughs> quality envelopes. Hey, that much. Damn, they got wasted. Yeah, look, I have a robot vacuum now. It's going to have a hell of a meal in this room. Now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what Let's robot go, vacuums sound sh- like. Should we go from 11th to 1st? Yeah, yeah, I say we do that. Okay. okay. Now, I'll just give you a heads up. The, the voting system for Game of the Year is a little bit different because we get people to rank them. So your top ranked game gets 10 points. Oh, sorry, in this case, 11 points. And then you would go 10, 9, 8, da, 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 
and to your your least your least game of the year <laughs> i guess is the right term here so at 11th we have forza horizon 5 at 93 points at 10th because you're all fucking cowards we have hitman 3 at 97 <laughs> points ninth we have Deathloop at 110 points eighth it takes two at 112 points Equally surprising, at 7th, we have Metroid Dread at 7th at 113 points. At 6th, we have Guardians of the Galaxy, 126 points. 5th, Returnal, 127 points. That's all your burner accounts. 4th, Halo Infinite at 133 points. 3rd, Psychonauts 2 at 134 points. 2nd, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, 135 points. And coming in on top as a story mode gaming game of the year at 140 points goes to Resident Evil fucking Village. Hells yeah. I am stoked about that. I, I do like that Resident okay. Evil Village didn't win best story. It was like last or second last for best story, wasn't it? I think <laughs> overall it was a really, satisfying, game it's a really satisfying game. And I think... There is something that came out in the news recently, which really pushed why this game was so satisfying. People finished it. There are yeah. so many games on that list that are open, open ending, ended, and they are just not a defined, clean storyline. It focuses on, like, on the multiplayer, like in the cases of Halo and stuff like that. It's it's too much, and you get overwhelmed, and you burn out in it. A lot of those games I tried, I burnt out on. Resident Evil is focused. It's engaging. It keeps you interested because of how the game is divided up into sections. It always feels a little bit different. always gives you a bit of a new challenge. Um, and being the most finished game, it just shows that people really stuck with it. They needed that direction. I love that as a choice. So well done to Resident Evil Village being the 2021 story mode gaming game of the year. Now, the last question we had on our... our um, Voting form. Um, was to just give us, you know, I want to hear from from you guys, from the people, from the voters. Um, what are some of your thoughts about gaming in twenty twenty two? What do you need? What do you want? What do you expect? Um, so we have a few notes here, but before we go through that, really, really quickly, we also ran a quick competition um, on our over on our Twitter as part of our award voting ceremony whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, for a hundred, $100 voucher for JB Hi-Fi. And I am proud to announce that the winner is... Dun, 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 sorry, open this one up. Rachel D. Rachel. I know Rachel. Rachel, congratulations. Thank you for retweeting. Thanks Congrats. for the support. There's a $100 JB Hi-Fi voucher coming your way. By the time that you hear this as a podcast in your Firewatch Tower... You probably already have the voucher in the email. So we'll, we'll get that through to you. Now, to go through some of the people's opinions here. Now, these all come through from, from our voters. I just wanted to stress that point when I read the first one. It just says, Jesse is a great host slash king of podcasting. To that, I say thank you. Um, and I will try and do the title um, uh, proud in 2022. And that, that one came from user at Jesse Spanner. Uh, next uh, up. There we go. <laughs> I was, I was about to say, who did you fucking bribe for that one? Look, <laughs> I had to ask vote as well. Which of Simon's burners sent that one through? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Look, See, Final Simon Fantasy isn't Simon, in the list enough Simon, for me to Simon that. gives me shit. Simon gives me shit, but he's like, I don't want to host. <laughs> Too much pressure. Okay. 
Going on to the, the real ones from Brendan now. Good friend, Brendan at 8 bit. At 8 bit. At Brendan at. There's too many ads in this. At Brendan 8 bit. From the 8 bit podcast. Go listen to the show. They're absolutely fucking fantastic. He wants a Dino Crisis remake. Seriously, Ooh, the world's horn for dinosaurs, agreed. And Capcom's RE engine would be perfect to bring atmospheric survival dino horror to the masses. I'm always up for a dinosaur game. I know Chris is always up for a dinosaur game. We play a lot of Jurassic World Evolution. Dino Crisis Remake. We've had so many uh, kind of spiritual successes. We've had like Extinction. I think Extinction's on, on the way and stuff like that. And people get really excited for them. So it kind of is surprising that that hasn't happened as of yet, but fingers crossed. Look, we do get more remakes and reboots and all that every year. So maybe one's around the corner. Uh, next up, uh, unfortunately, we've had a few people who haven't, haven't added in their uh, usernames here. More game developers speaking out and changing the environment into a much more positive and inclusive workspace for the people that work so hard to bring us the gaming goodness we enjoy. We could not agree more with that. Preach. Yeah. We won't go into it too much. We did it on the last few episodes, but here's to hoping that last year was turning the lights on and we've seen where the cockroaches run to. And now we can get the spray out. Hopefully this is the year we fucking clean shop. Uh, my hopes aren't high, but that's what I want. I think that's what we need as a community. Uh, next up. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2, but it won't happen. Simon, do you think that's close? No, I don't think so. Oh, um, man. Look, if if I'm going to be super optimistic, I think maybe towards the tail end of the year we might see something about it. But uh, Look, I, yeah. if I was a Final Fantasy fan, I'd be wanting that game to come out as soon as possible because every month it doesn't come out, they are closer to putting NFTs into it. Yeah. After yeah. the Square Enix, after that all came out today, there was a press statement came out from Square Enix, and they said, "Look, despite more of our you know our our players looking for fun games, um, and majority of them not wanting this, and they literally say the majority of people don't want this. They're like, we're going to start exploring NFTs in our games. So, uh, yay! <laughs> uh, next up from Sci Four Two One, our very mm. own." Says if Zelda Zelda Breath of the Wild True doesn't come out, I'll fucking riot. I've got bad news. I don't think it comes it comes out this year. Well, look, some more information will will do for me. Like if even if at the end of the year we get a thing saying like, hey, don't worry, it's coming out in 2023. Look, here's this cool trailer. Yeah. Then I'll I'll be okay with that. But fucking hell, just give me some more info on this goddamn we'll fucking game. A bit more uh, next week because we're gonna do our kind of uh, what we hope comes out this year because. 2022 is absolutely stacked. This is what this on paper is one of, if not the biggest year of gaming ever, title wise at least. In um, theory, because we're seeing we're seeing the uh, the new generation of consoles really come into their own. Um, and then you have games like Breath of the Wild 2. It's coming out soon. We know it exists. So fingers crossed there. Uh, next up. We need quality content that isn't half-assed remakes and pay-to-win content. Companies need to sort out the bugs before releasing them. It's also getting hard to support these companies every year with all the rampant abuse going on. Completely agreed there. Although I like remakes, I think remakes and reboots and remasters definitely have their place. And we've we just kind of said to ourselves before when we were going through the categories with the games like Mass Effect, where I've got no real 
easy way to play the old ones. Now I do. And it's a, it's a definitive version. I don't have, a lot of people don't have easy access to playing, say, Skyward Sword. But now they do. So I think there is a place to keep these games going and bringing them to new generations, not just off yeah. younger generations, but people who hadn't played games back in the past. You know, mm-hmm. the gaming community is becoming bigger and bigger. So why are we gatekeeping games from people? It doesn't make no, any sense. Absolutely. However, they do need to come out and be polished. Looking at you, Grand Theft Auto. Jeez. The other thing Christ. I want to say is that I feel like there should be a bit of a soft limit on on them as well because, you know, every year it always feels like there's more and more and more remakes and remasters and stuff coming out. Just every once in a while, I just, I just want that to be, like, calm down a bit. Just don't, just don't buy it. You don't have to buy every game that comes out. No, I don't. I, I absolutely fucking don't. See, I, don't I don't know. I, I'm a massive supporter of remakes just because I look at so many games I played in the past and like, oh, you know, like a PS1 game, I could go set up a PS1 and play and blah, 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 but... Just give me Metal Gear Solid. Come on. Fuck. That's what you want. That's what, what you want. For. <laughs> uh, next up. <sighs> Sweet Jesus Christ. Have you heard of the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV with an expanded <laughs> free trial, which you can play through the entirety of Realm, Re- A Realm, Realm Reborn and the award-winning Heaven Sword expansion up to level 60 for free with no restrictions on playtime? Guys. Guys. Who made me read that out? I've gone two years of this fucking podcast without having to read that. God <laughs> damn it. It wasn't me. I'm like 90% you know, sure. You know, the, the, you know the best part of that is? That free trial doesn't exist at the moment. No, it doesn't. The game's too so popular. I finally read it out and it doesn't exist. God damn it. When it was submitted, though, it was still a thing. However, at the moment, it is not. The game is too popular. <laughs> Next up, I want to return to single console multiplayer. I think with games like It Takes Two, and look, we've spoken about this on episodes before, how we want that to return. Couch co-op. Give me Army of Two 2. Why is Army of Two always the game that I go to on that one? Um, I think especially with lockdown still being a thing, being able to play with people in your house is very, very important. And I'm, I'm hoping that has to come back. Um, and yeah, like What's I said, the- we saw this, the success there. Fucking It Takes Two won the Game Awards Game of the Year. You, that's that's crazy to me. You still. look at it as well, one of the, the funnest games that we've played over the last 18 months and it's become incredibly successful is Overcooked. Overcooked? Um, mm. Yeah. yeah. My, myself and my fiance I, I, just absolutely love playing it together. I like that um, oh, yes. earlier in the podcast when you mentioned you, you mentioned her as your partner and as your fiance. I've just imagined at one point during this recording, you proposed. Just held up the sign. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations on the yes. Um, <laughs> next up, I want to see JT Cotter, Josh Cotter, and Jesse being made into characters on Fortnite. I do too, so that I can dress with Ariana Grande and shoot myself because I would let her shoot me. That's a good um, turn. Wow. Did. Well, I was like, where am I going with this? Who knows? <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. And that's where you took it. Uh, next up, more Picross games. I haven't played the Picross games. Simon, you're, an, you're a Nintendo lad. Ne- no, nah, ne- never played a Picross well, game. That's why we need more of them so we can play them. Yeah. Uh, and last off, and look, this is probably quite a uh, pressing one, to actually get a PS5. Fair call. <laughs> but in all seriousness, seeing some new blood on the indie space, I'm always excited for new and unusual ideas. And that I... That area is rife with them. I agree. I think while we didn't, I personally didn't play enough indie games this year, 
the quality of them has just lifted. Like they are in discussions at the same in the same breath with their AAA titles. I think what two years ago when Hades came out, it really lifted the whole genre to another level. It's no longer like they're no longer below you know AAA titles. They're just as a side. They are just a different genre in themselves. I think. Uh, in this year, I have bought more indie games than I have AAA games. Yeah. And I've bought more indie games this year than I have any other previous year. The problem is I just haven't set aside the time to play as many of them as time. I should have. So I that's think we're also in a really interesting sort of a point with indie titles when you have um, studios like Devolver, an indie studio, whoever they you know, put themselves in the stock market. And it's becoming that whole thing of like, we have to kind of like redefine exactly what indie is. How like is there going to be a transition stage where we devolve with considered indie anymore because of their size? I I don't know. It's a messy one. We've mentioned it before. It's a bit of a weird one. Um, but yeah, guys, that was the Story Mode Game Awards 2021, mysteriously held on the second second of January 2022 because we are great with timing. Uh, thank you so much for, for voting. Thank you so much for listening. A massive congratulations to everyone who was, every game that was nominated. The fact that games even came out this year is a fucking minor miracle. Um, and holy shit, congratulations Resident Evil Village. Every year we, we've done this, we've kind of come away with like, didn't expect that, but Surprising. okay. Like 2019, sorry, 2020 was Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, right? But Another yeah, game that just yeah. like, it did everything really well. Didn't excel in everything for me personally, but it did everything very, very well. So, um, that's cool. I think it says a lot about what people really value in the games that they're playing. And I love seeing that. I like that perspective. Yeah. I'm so different to that. Yes. Um, now, before we wrap up here as well, I just want to say that if you keep an eye on our social medias in the next few days, you will see we're reaching out. Story mode. We are looking to, to bring more people in the story mode family. We are looking for talented writers to get storymodegaming.com up and running again. Uh, we've been a little bit lax there because of working full-time and stuff like that. We want to get that bubbling away. Um, we also want to bring in some really fun, exciting new talent on our Twitch streams. So if you think that is you, if you think you, you can join it, if you have the same beliefs as us, I think the most important thing is we have to kind of understand our ethos and we, we believe staunchly that the more people who play games, the more people feel comfortable in the space, the better it is for everyone. If you agree with that, if you're passionate about that, please reach out, keep on our social medias. We're at Starman AUS on, tw- on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, blah, blah, blah. Keep an eye out over there. We're going to put out some uh, feelers. Please reach out to us. We'd love to have you on board. We've got some very, very cool things planned out for this year and we'd love to have you on board for the journey. But if you just want to listen to our podcast, that's cool as well. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Check us out there. We've got Story Mode, a video game podcast, which is this show. We also have Love Letters has made its return. As Simon said earlier, uh, we did an episode recently about his love for Final Fantasy XIV. And later on this week, we have a new episode. We'll also be recording live on Twitch at Story Mode AUS with a mysterious guest. And we'll be talking about a mysterious game. And oh my God, I am so pumped for this fucking episode. So <laughs> keep an eye out there. While you're on those uh, great podcasting services, 
Keep an eye out also for anything from Fan Critical. They keep our lights on. Give them a shout. Give them a subscription. Give us a little review. It means the world to us. Uh, as I mentioned before, we've got slowmodegaming.com where you can find everything we do there. Uh, and we're also on Patreon. Search for Fan Critical. You want to drop us a couple of buccarinos. But with that, 2022 off to a bloody fly. Episode 96. We're creeping up on 100. Chris, Keelan, Simon, hope you enjoyed our game awards. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's good. God, that goddamn good time. We should, we should do that this like same time next year. Maybe. I would like to request oh, for, for next year. Can we add in a best sporting game category as well? No. <laughs> Just so that there's I only can, like three sporting we'll, games released a year. I can, t- I okay, can wait, talk no, for yes, like 10 minutes about s- how disappointing FIFA is. That again, again next again. year. You can just write that now. Yeah. Can you, yeah, you, can, you, can, you can, can just write that now. Just put the number. That, can you write it down? Put it in an envelope, okay? And then we'll read it out <laughs> next year, and we'll see how well it lines up. <laughs> because I'm gonna also, I'm gonna make so many. You have to worry about it. I'm gonna make burner accounts because holy shit, when they release AFL Evolution 2021 <laughs> this year, <laughs> I'll be voting for it. Uh, but yes, again, thank you so much to everyone who who has uh, watched us in 2021, who told their friends about us, read our bullshit, followed us, subscribed to us, just had a laugh in the chat. Um, absolutely meant the, means the world to us. We hope you stick with us uh, in 2022. We're just going to get bigger and better. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for voting. Play games, stay safe, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.